this Forever 400 Betting Picks edition of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win 100x. That's right, turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Last-minute tickets, download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code CFBX for $20 off of your first purchase. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off of your first month. Start making smarter bets today. And we're giving away $3,000 in our NFL second chance survivor contest presented by Corey pinkston and barking dog properties feel free to enter just go to sports slash survivor driver start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. We are indeed creatures of habits here on the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. So when we throw something new into the mix, lo and behold, Rod forgets how to control all of it. So welcome into the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez, And yes, we are live for the first time, I think, for our NASCAR Cup Series pick show because, well, why not? We just we decided it was time to go live for this show uh, and to have a little fun. And it also kind of helps on the back end because I don't have to upload a video to YouTube after this. <laughs> Look at that. That's that's the real reason we're doing it. No, just kidding. No, it's no, true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm so glad. So pumped to be doing it live. Uh, yeah, first time we've been doing we're a couple episodes into the show at this point, but uh We've been we've done our fair share of live, obviously recaps and stuff, but changing it up and uh, giving you the live one. So if you listen to this on the podcast later, make sure you click on the bell on the, the YouTube because uh, never know when you get something like this. Never know, or you'll know more often because we'll probably be <laughs> doing this more often. Yeah, that yeah, too. <laughs> we had a little little powwow amongst ourselves and said we should probably start bringing the picks shows at the very least to you live because they are. Eh, more or less around the same times every time. So um, you can kind of set your watch to it. But yeah, I mean, again, it's a lot of fun uh, to be live. So we will still continue to do the show exactly the way we're doing it. But we'll probably throw in a couple of comments here and there. Uh, Obviously take some questions if you're really... I mean, this is a good way, I guess, to get a little jump on it early if you want to talk through some of your strategy. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and if you 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 see a bet out there you like or or while we're talking about something and you see a different line or, or... different way to get in on it or we mentioned a driver and oh what about this bet on him that's this is a great time obviously we have the discord later on where we'll always answer questions when we can and everything but yeah this is a great time to to live interact on it so i I like that that aspect of it it's a nice uh again addition to the the discord is always the community Discord is always going to be where we spend time hanging out talking um and and getting to know each other but of course here in the comments any burning questions you have right away you're talking to us live, like right here. It's it's him and I. You can see us, and we're talking to you. So, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of fun. All right, we are off to Homestead, Miami, for one of the last few races of the season. Cody, it's oh, wrapping down, don't my friend. Remind me, Rod. It's oh, I'm just I'm so sad about this. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's definitely sad. But of course, like we've said so many times over the course of our our shows, it's not a long off season. We don't have to be sad for long. It's not like football where we have to wait almost a half a year for it to come back. No, sir. We get it in about a month and a half. So 
yeah yeah it's a very short off season which is very nice and uh yeah i mean it's it's so short that we've got plenty to talk about during the off season so we don't have to go anywhere and then shit before you know it, we'll be breaking down the daytona 500 breaking down the clash to call see but uh luckily we still have a few races left this season before we uh before we have to go into off season mode we certainly do uh yeah so last week kyle arson obviously punched his ticket in still some drivers sitting there on the outs hoping to punch their way in cody what are we looking at as far as standings wise in this uh cup series yeah so kyle arson again this week and next week absolutely nothing to worry about he could show up finish dead last doesn't matter he is racing for the championship in Phoenix, um, but he can play spoiler because if you get one of these guys that's a little farther down there, you know, like last week, Christopher Bell runs really well. If he does it again this week and Larson's able to hold him off and, and keep him out of there, Bell's still below the cut line or, or whoever it might be, um, you know, if he can keep a Denny Hamlin or a Martin Truex out of victory lane or even his own teammate, William Byron, and make them have to go to Martinsville next week and point their way in. Could be defense is sometimes the best offense, right? Defense wins championships. Could be true in NASCAR as well. So Larson is locked in. Uh, and then, I mean, the points are are very close from that. Okay, first things first, we talked about the Ryan Blaney uh, disqualification yesterday. Literally four minutes after we were done recording, uh, NASCAR rescinded the penalty. Ha. So Ryan Blaney's sixth-place finish was restored. His points were restored. So... With the disqualification, I think he would have been 56 points out. Now he's only 17. That's a, a big difference, and he he w- went to a must-win situation, whereas he, he doesn't have to necessarily win now. Still a long battle, but William Byron, 9 to the good. Truex, 2 to the good. Hamlin, 2 to the good. Bell, 2 to the bad. You got three Gibbs guys all right there together. Reddick, 16 uh, out. Blaney, 17 out. Busher, 23 out. But keep in mind, Two winners over these next two races. That only leaves one points position left if we do get two different winners inside of this group of seven now, right? Obviously, if Larson wins again, another driver will point in. But, uh, yeah, so that's how we're looking as we head to uh, to Homestead, Miami this weekend. You know, and it's crazy about Blaney, too, being reinstated because now <laughs> if you – this is where the books probably pull their hair out. They're probably like, oh, we just voided this uh, or we cashed this. And it's it's got yeah, to well, piss you off as a better to I have know, that happen. Uh, yeah, shout out to John Little. Let's go. What's up, says. John? Uh, always jumping us, in when we're live. Appreciate that. Love that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm in a few different fantasy uh, NASCAR games and leagues and stuff, and they, you know, they send out the scoring, and then they go, well, Blaney penalty, we're going to change it. They change it all. <laughs> And then you get the the message, and it goes, oh, "I think NASCAR hates me, and they got to rescore it again because, yeah." And there was some, yeah, controversy in one of the leagues about how things are scored, and oh boy, fun fun times. But this is this is the only frustration too when it comes to situations like that, especially in racing and football. You don't really go back and you don't change the outcome of it. There's stat corrections that maybe take a yard away from a carry or do whatever, but like. You've literally told the driver that they finished dead last because of this. And then to go back uh, two days later and go, oh, our bad. No, you didn't. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure they're not complaining about getting it back, right? Well, no, they're, they're not. The but, but yeah, it's, yeah, interesting for sure. Would have been interesting to see if they appeal it. And then, I mean, at this point in time, an appeal would have had to have been heard like this week because of the urgency of the playoffs and where we're at and yeah so i guess nascar decided that their equipment wasn't necessarily correct and but uh, good on them for being transparent i mean like hey may, we might have made a mistake here whether it was that on them or, or what the deal was gave it back to them so yeah we talked about him getting disqualified yesterday for no reason but uh oh well <laughs> I, I, it's whatever i mean at this point <laughs> I, I i just don't even know what to say about it because it, it's just a it, it's one of those things where if it wasn't that bad in the first place, why did you make it that bad? I mean, why didn't you take a deep breath and then look at it the next day instead of like knee jerk reaction taking and disqualifying? Well, they do have to. I think technically, according to the rules, they have to finalize the results within so long. You know, you get that post race. You know, Bob always tweets. You know, post race inspection complete. You know, Kyle Larson is the winner, and so I think they have a. They're, you know, a certain time frame and then obviously going back and looking at it changed their mind. Hopefully they did the right thing and, and here we are. Whatever. Uh, all right. So what else is going on in the news? I, I, I'm not seeing too much that I can 
report on. Yeah, um, not not really been a ton of stuff going on. Trevor Bain's going to drive the the Rackley War 25 truck at, at Homestead this weekend. Uh, you know, that obviously was vacated by DiBenedetto. Uh, so another person they found to put in that, that whole situation. Interesting. But uh, other than that, uh, I was trying to look back through Bob's thing. I don't think there's really, really a ton of other news that we've seen. The Obviously, the the penalty is the biggest thing. Uh, obviously getting, getting rescinded Gibbs, uh, you know, because of the tire, they are, uh, they are, uh, suspending over the wall crew. So the Jack man and the changer, which is Jackson Gibbs, uh, Ty's cousin, uh, suspended two races, but that's standard procedure. Obviously that tire came off, but other than that, not really a very newsy day, Rod. It's crazy as we wind down the season, everybody's just co- probably like letting out their breath a little bit. Like, okay, we're almost done. We we can just chill on the news. Yeah, there's still some silly season stuff we're waiting to find out on. But oh, uh, there is, and we'll get there for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. There's there's a lot of good rides open still, so there we are. got plenty of news coming still. Plenty of news coming, but we also have picks coming uh, that we are going to start getting into for this forever four hundred. And we'll tell you why it's called the forever if you don't know. I'm sure if you listen to this show, you know. But those of you who are casual and wondering what the hell is a forever 400, we'll fill you in on that. Oh, oh there was one one quick piece of news. Uh, Tricon announced that Corey Heim is going to be back in the 11 truck next year. Uh, I'm, I like it and I don't like it at the same time. I'm very happy we get more chances about Corey Heim in the truck series because that's uh, played out pretty well for us this season. But I really wanted to see him go to JGR in the Xfinity series, Ugh, but we can talk about that more on the truck episode because trucks are back this week, which is a nice thing. Hell yeah. All three series back in action. Uh, again, Cup Series picks coming up, but let me ask you, you already knocked out of your NFL survivor pool. Did you get knocked out week one? Uh, you probably did. Don't worry. We got you covered with SGPN Second Chance Survivor is presented by Corey Pinkston and Barking Dog Properties. There's $3,000 up for grabs and winner takes all. So it starts this weekend. Sign up now. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Survivor. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Survivor. On top of that, the NFL Gambling Podcast guys are doing a review contest. Leave an Apple Podcast review with your favorite TD-related bet for this weekend. The biggest winner gets a $50 SGPN gift card. Make sure to include your YouTube username in the review so we can contact the winner. Now we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has a way to play alongside your favorite football team. And, of course, as we know, drive along with your favorite drivers all season Long Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100x payout. And for a limited time, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players are going to win $10,000 each. As we always do, we're going to toss in some Underdog plays with our favorite DFS plays on the DFS episode, so be on the lookout for that. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog's going to double your first deposit up to $500. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. All right, Cody, well, we are on the Miami Homestead Miami Speedway. I always say Miami Homestead. I... I'm dyslexic in a way Same that difference. I'm not necessarily even dyslexic, but yeah. Where's the track actually? Is it is it actually in Homestead? Is that it is in Homestead, Florida? Just that is correct. close enough to Miami that they toss that part in there. It's it is. It's one of those things where you you would you know you would say Homestead, but they're like, no, it's Homestead, Miami, because at like, least it's not Miami track, and then it's actually in a different in town, Homestead. like most of the racetracks we go to, <laughs> like we know that it happens all the time. Um, yes, yes, Homestead Miami Speedway in Homestead, Florida. We are set for 267 laps around this mile and a half paved track for 400 and a half miles of playoff racing. Last year, stop the presses. Kyle Larson won this race. Uh, and we'll obviously talk about that at length because he's coming off of a win. <laughs> Led 199 laps oh, in this man. one. He's got some he's got some John Hunter Nemechek uh, odds this week. <laughs> he sure as hell does, as a matter of fact, which is why it's like, oh, really though? But, uh, yeah, so obviously talk about that. Books did give us a small smattering, right? They, they scaled down the menu a little bit. They gave us the kids' menu version of what they gave us last year, or last week, rather. 
So yeah. a little frustrating. Left but, Vegas and they forgot about us, Rod. Yeah, they left the props behind in whatever hotel they were they were staying at at the time. But um, <laughs> still, some good odds to be found. Still, some good bets to be made. And as we always do, we targeted some of the best for you today. Cody, I, I think I'm ready to start laying out some bets. How about you? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, one of the better weeks, I, I feel I, I squeezed the extra bets in this week. I always feel like when I get the extra bets in here, that's when it's it's going good because I, I feel like I've found a lot of good stuff. So we're on one of those weeks. feel like we found some really good value this week, and, uh, and I like what we have. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready to go if you are. All right, let's do it. Where are we going first? All right, we're going to jump into the top 10 market. I got two longer shots here, uh, and I really, really like both these guys, especially for where their odds are at. I'm going to start with A.J. Allmendinger, top 10. He's plus 450 over on Caesars. Um, A.J. Allmendinger's actually been pretty good at Homestead Miami in the past. Uh, so last season, he finished third place here inside the top 10, uh, I do believe. He was sixth place in stage one as well, so like he was running, running well throughout the race. It wasn't just kind of a fluke getting there at the end. Um, prior to that, hasn't, hadn't been here in the cup series since 2018, obviously spent some time in, in the Xfinity and stuff and, and whatnot. So, uh, but going back and looking at his previous history here, he had an eighth place in 2016 for JTG, uh, fifth place all the way back in 2010 for Richard Petty Motorsports at the time. Um, and in his 11 cup series starts here, he's been in the top 15, seven of those 11 races. So AJ Allmendinger, a guy who, who can find his way up into the top 10. Um, and again, at this point, uh, I think he's got a job, right? Probably going to be an Xfinity for colleague, but kind of, I mean, you saw the emotions after he won a couple of weeks ago, right? He knows that this is the end of the line for the cup series. It might not ever be full-time in the cup series again. Uh, and, and this is a, you know, he's, he's got three more chances here. He's got Homestead. He's got Martinsville. He's got Phoenix. Soak it up, going to a track. He's got good history at not all been recently. The third place was last year. Prior to that, it's been a little farther back, obviously, but I think a plus 450 just to get into the top 10 for A.J. Allmendinger, one that I like a lot, and then I love, love, love this next one. Austin Dillon, top 10 over at Caesars, plus 500. Um, He has the sixth best average finish in the last three races at Homestead Miami, 7.7. Seven races in a row here. He's finished 12th place or better, Rod. Seven in a row, you're saying he's going to be in the top 12, and you're giving me five to one for him to get in the top 10. Now, he does have like three 11th place finishes and a 12th place in there, I think. So, not all in the top 10, but he's getting just the fact that you're getting that close, right? You're within two spots, and you're giving me five to one for that. I think that's really, really good value. So, got to get in on Austin Dillon there. Um, he finished, uh, let's see, fourth place last season. Um, and it, so, in his very first start here, he was 25th. And then since then, um, his worst finish has been 14th place every other start he's made at Homestead Miami. So Austin Dillon continues to show up on this track. Not all been roses for him here this season, but mile and a half have tended to be better to him over time than other tracks. Um, and he's got a really, really good track history here at Homestead. Another thing I wanted to say too, as far as looking at Homestead, it is a mile and a half like a Kansas, like a Texas, like a Las Vegas we've had recently different though right it's this is a high tire wear that kyle larson is literally going to be bouncing off the wall every single lap uh the line he runs here is going to be incredibly crazy uh which can make him scary to bet a plus 275 this car does hold up a little better we'll, we'll get into that when we get into the to the outright market but um but i do think that uh looking at track history here is a little more important than just the other mile and a half, so maybe where as like last week going into Vegas, we weighed Kansas and Texas a little more heavily. You still weigh that in, I think, in current form, obviously, momentum. We're big on that. Um, but I do think track history more important here than at some of these other mile and a halfs we've had recently. Yeah, and for for this too, and, and these top ten odds are are the ones that are farther out, I think are are much better value to take a stab at than some of these ones that are closer obviously we know that with the minus 500s in there for these top 10s they sort of juice the the top so heavy that it's difficult but um it is funny because you know in in my research obviously aj almendinger's name popped up uh and then of course austin Dillon. i thought wow that's crazy that he actually has that good of a finishing record so uh for those types of uh of prices for them as top 10s 
Yeah, absolutely. You got to jump on that for sure, especially when the rest of the whole top part of it is just gross and, and disgusting and you wouldn't want to touch it. So, Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, we've seen the top tens have shook up quite a bit here late. Like, it's not the same guys aren't finishing in the top ten. So you get guys that have super good track records here, uh, especially at this big of a number. Like, for Austin Dillon to have seven in a row within two spots of the top ten, and you're getting him a five to one. Like that just blows my mind that it's that it's that good. Indeed. Uh, all right, I am going to start my first bet with a pole bet because, or fastest qualifier. I, I guess essentially that's the pole. I don't know why they don't just call it to win the pole, but fastest qualifier. Uh, Denny Hamlin is at plus two fifty. I feel like I said this last time. I gave this bet out last time because. Uh, look, you look at the, the track record for him here at this track in 2015, he won the pole in 2016. He started fourth, but then in 2017, he started first 2018. He started first 2019 first 2020 first 2021 first. Then that streak got broken because I jinxed it at 14th is where he started in 2022. That's I think where I said, Denny was going to win the pole because he's done it every single time. But I think he gets back on this bandwagon. Obviously, we've talked about Denny Hamlin's speed all season long. We've talked about how he's been able to just sort of navigate this playoffs and and continue to at least stick in, right? And and for uh, the stretch between Kansas and Talladega, at least have top five finishes in those four races as well. He started on the pole in all of the road races this season, which is crazy. But uh, he did have a pole in Talladega. Uh, second at Phoenix, which obviously is not a mile and a half, but still, you know, pretty close. Third at Gateway, again, not another one, but um, he's, he started toward the front in a lot of these uh, races, right? Second at Bristol, too, just recently. So there is qualifying speed to be had, but like Cody said, especially with Dylan, more often than not, there's tracks that these drivers absolutely love and can get around. Denny Hamlin loves and can get around this, uh, this Homestead Miami Speedway. So I think putting him back on the pole especially at plus 250, is a fun little stab to take because, I mean, hell, if he cashes this, then you're sitting there with a, a nice little plus money win before you even get into the race itself. Yeah, they absolutely murdered the qualifying odds this week, though. Like, Kyle Larson is minus 110 just to sit on the pole. That is insane. Hamlin plus 260. Bell at plus 275. I was looking at him because he's got, like, 65 mile-and-a-half poles in a row, I think. Uh, not really, but we won a lot of them this season, obviously. But man, they're just the pole odds are sh- much shorter than I like. Ugh, I don't know. It's 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 a little gross, but uh, Hamlin, I do think is a good pick. And for the numbers you're getting at that number, I, I definitely don't hate it. Yeah. Again, it's just a matter of if you wanna if you wanna put a pole bet on. That's the only one that makes sense to me uh, at this yeah. point. So I'll take that. Um. All right, we got more bets to get to, but first, let me tell you about game time. I cannot stand. Buying tickets. I hate it. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's almost as gross as the top 10 odds at the top of the charts. But Game Time has made it to where it's a lot less yucky. Now, Game Time is going to guarantee me that I'm going to get my tickets on time and delivered to me when I want them authentically. And not just that, but they're going to reward me for being a procrastinator, which I most definitely am, as is evidenced by today's uh, instances. I won't go into it, but I'll tell you, yes, I'm a procrastinator. And buying tickets is probably the most thing I procrastinate because I don't know sometimes if I can go to the game or the concert or the comedy show or whatever I want to go to within the time frame that I'm going to need to buy a good ticket. So game time, they're going to reward me for that though. They're going to give me lower prices. They're going to give me better prices and lower fees. And they're also going to give me flash deals on some of these as well. Plus it's made for mobile. So my tickets get sent straight to my phone. No muss, no fuss. Literally can just open up the game time app and there are my tickets. Don't have to have an email or some phishing email that I'm trying to open up. No, don't worry about any of that. You're going to get the tickets that you want when you want them at the price that's going to not leave your wallet empty. So you can't buy a couple of beers at the concert itself. So Snag the tickets without the stress of game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code CFBX for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark. Join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off of your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, Cody, let's take us down to bet number two on our card. Yes, next up for me, Christopher Bell, a guy that I really, really love this weekend. I'm going to take him for a top five finish, plus 170. Uh, I mean, look at last week. He was fast. He was good. He led 61 laps, obviously finished second, came so close to getting Kyle Larson there at the end. Um, if you throw out the Roval and Talladega, which he finished 15th in both those races, that's not bad for those, but obviously they're kind of wild cards. Uh, so you go back before that, you got the second last week at Las Vegas, fourth place at Texas, third place at Bristol, which is the intermediate package. I know it's a different track style and everything, but eighth place at Kansas, not far there. Uh, like I just mentioned, less than three to one odds for him to start on the pole. He started really good at a lot of these races. Um, and for a while, he was that guy we were talking about, starting good, results aren't there. They flipped that around. His results are there. We saw last year during this time frame, he got these wins and, and ran super well at Coda, right? Obviously, Cardboard Gate ends up getting the win, advances to the next round. Then a Martinsville goes out, gets the win there to lock himself into the final four. Seems to be a guy that steps up in the playoff time, and now he's running there. You know, looked really good last week. Only two points uh, below the cut line right now. So um, I think that, that he's a good play this, uh, this week. So uh, his first, oh, wait a minute, uh, I got my stats here wrong. He was 11th place last year. Um, but what was really impressive to me, 2020, in his very first start here, he was driving for Levine Motorsports in that 95 Toyota. Eighth place finish in that car, which, if you remember that car, not a great car. It, it had its okay days and stuff, but that's a very impressive finish. Um, and it doesn't have a ton of starts here because we only go to Homestead once a year. Well, I've been in the Cup Series for a couple of seasons now, but... Uh, the way that he's been running for me lately does it for me for Bell. Very high on him. Spoiler alert, got more to talk about him later on in the show. But top five, plus 170 over on Caesars. I think I'm pretty much done uh, poo-pooing on Christopher Bell. I basically just decided, let's see, I'm, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, I decided to stay clear away from him because I don't necessarily uh, – want to be wrong or right on Christopher Bell. So I'll let I'll let you be wrong or right on Christopher Bell this week. Uh, hopefully, hopefully right. I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope everybody is right on Christopher Bell this week because I'm just going to keep my hands off of him. Uh, but somebody I will, uh, I was going to say I put feel my like hands you, uh, on. Do we need an intervention, Rod? I, I feel like you gave this guy up last week. <laughs> I did. I did give him up last week. But then I looked at the stats and I was like, I can't give you up. So um, I was going to say somebody I can't put my hands on. Uh, but I'm not sure that the law will allow me to do that. Um, oh, where are we going with the show? <laughs> that's, I don't know. NASCAR after dark. This was NASCAR gambling after dark. Uh, look, I I'm going to take Brad K. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I, I Listen, his top 10 numbers are not are not yucky. I mean, I just got done saying that all of the top cars are yucky, but Brad Keselowski at minus 110 for a top 10 is not as yucky as one would think, especially when you look at... Uh, basically overall, Brad Keselowski, not necessarily on this track in particular. Uh, he does have seven top 10 finishes in 15 starts, right? Which is great. Um, but what I'm kind of more impressed about too is the fact that he finished fifth last season. And we talked about the struggles of RFK. We always talk about the struggles of RFK. In fact, I could probably create a clip on my soundboard that just says, uh, and RFK has struggled last year, but they did. Right, but he still managed to come in with a fifth place finish on this track last season, which for that team, impressive. Now you look at what he's done this season. Obviously, we've talked about this this resurgence of RFK, how the, great these guys are. Chris Busher obviously winning, Kozlowski right there with him. How has he done at mile and a half this year? Pretty damn good. Fourth at Vegas, seventh at Texas, Texas, ninth at Kansas, sixth at Darlington, 
11th at Nashville, right? Just outside of the top 10, but still there. Fourth at Darlington. He got a 19th at Charlotte. I'm sorry, that's fine. 19th at Kansas earlier in the in the year too, but and then 17th at the first Vegas. But over the last four races, all top 10 finishes at mile and a half. So I get it. It's a little different. It's a little bit uh, wonky than, than the most of them. But Brad Keselowski at a top 10 at minus 110, I still feel like that's really good value for him to get in the top 10 because, listen, you know, like I said, it's just a matter of this is not minus 300. This is not minus 400. It's only minus 110. It's not as if you're paying a whole lot of juice for this one. So I like this. I like Brad Keselowski, top 10, minus 110. J.D. Kiss is late to the show. I'm not sure if you mentioned it or not. McDowell, top 10, plus 800. That's a pretty juicy top 10. So I uh, we, we have not talked about McDowell yet, but I do have a bet coming up on him soon. I found a different way to get in on him, but 8-1, to one, that's not a bad one to take as well. Uh, we did bring up Almendinger, four, plus 450, and Austin Dillon, 5-1. to one. I know that's... Uh, JDK's favorite driver right next to Bubba Wallace. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, McDowell coming up in a minute because uh, I did find a way to get in on him that I really like this week. Uh, Kozlowski, top 10. Eh, I'm indifferent on it. I don't, I don't know how to feel. I, I Honestly, I did look at him in the outright market because he has been so good here. So I guess if I was considering him in the outright market, I ended up going a different direction. But a top 10 then would obviously make a lot of sense. So uh, next up for me. You mentioned it before. Caesars, they cut back this week. Didn't give us all the props they had last week. But they did have one in there for us. Uh, drivers to finish on the lead lap. It's set at 20.5. The under was minus 105. The over, minus 125. I'm going to take the over on drivers to finish on the lead lap at 20.5. Uh, you go back to last season, 23 cars finished on the lead lap in this race. Last week at Las Vegas, 26. At Texas a couple weeks ago, 25. Kansas a couple of weeks ago, 24. It's a pretty solid trend of going over this on comparable tracks and here also last season. I uh, didn't look back much farther than that because I think that's about the sample size that I need for this one. So, uh, again, I'm going to go with the over 20.5 for drivers to finish on the lead lap over on Caesars. That's at minus 125. This is like the to finish on the uh, on the lead lap type, and in fact, it, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed because I definitely had that one circled as something I wanted to breach. Oh, yes. I beat you to the beat you to the dock this week. Get to the dock, and I'm like, oh, for the love of God, Cody, what are <laughs> was you the doing? only special prop really on there? So I had to get in on it. Come it's on. true. It's true. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit ticked off, but I, I agree with you on this one because this is definitely which, one. Yeah, which side would you have taken? The over I, the I, I, I definitely would have taken the over. Yeah, right. because well, good, yeah. double locks loop. Well, listen, because again, it's, it's a matter of this number 20 and a half. I mean, there's 36 cars, right? I mean, that's, I, I, and you're not going to laugh. I don't think what 16 cars are going to, yeah, to I get mean, it, it depends on attrition, right? You get guys with attrition or that have problems and stuff, but even last week, like that was really what sold me is last week we had to go a long green flag run to end the race, right? We didn't have the late caution and you still end up with 23 on the lead lap. So you get that late caution. We go to overtime, you get the, you know, the, um, you know, pe- the lucky dogs, obviously. And then the, uh, what the hell do they call it? Uh, where they let you pass by if, if you don't pit, uh, oh, the free pass. wave around. That's what it's called. Yeah. The wave around. I don't know why that was slipping my mind, but, that gives you more opportunity for, you know. So I think even if we do get a long green run, they proved last week that we could still go over this number. Uh, and then this also accounts for late caution flags and, and things going crazy. So uh, I think the over is the way to go. It's juiced up a little more. So obviously the books agree with you there. And you only pay the juice if you lose. So I think that's the direction to go. Uh, agreed. All right. We talked about it already. John Hunter Nemechek will be in the 42 car for Legacy Motor Club. Talked a little bit about it yesterday in our recap show, just talking about the fact that uh, this Toyota Chevy crossover is brought to you by Jimmy Johnson and company. Uh, John Hunter, obviously, you know, in his new ride anyways, so might as well get a, a feel for it. Uh, he did race in this race last season, which is why. I'm taking him also as a top 10 car at 6 to 1 plus 600 for John Hunter Nemechek to finish inside of the top 10 in this race. He's been on this uh in this track once before. Of course he was in the 45 car. Kind of a different uh different take on it obviously. 45 is a lot better off on on as far as cars are concerned versus the 42. 
Uh, but he started fourth, finished 27th. Not a good run for him there, but he did start fourth. I mean, he put this 45 car inside the top four. Uh, just couldn't hang with it and, and keep it there. So, But that was last season. John Hunter Nemechek this season has gone absolutely bonkers in the Xfinity Series, right? He earned this ride that he's about to get here in the coming season. Definitely turning a lot of heads on this one. Um, now, for me, this is just a matter of uh, taking a guy, right, in a car that can can finish in the top 10. He, he honestly can, right? The 42 car, the 43 car, both of those cars have top 10 ability. Obviously, we've seen Eric Jones do it uh, a few times this season. Now, also has uh, been really good in that car, too. He so. has. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. He's running in and around the top 10 himself. So I, I think John Hunter Nemechek is definitely poised for a very good run in this one. And again, it's six to one for him to sneak his way up into the top 10 where, you know, AJ Allmendinger was last season. Austin Dillon was. These guys aren't top 10 cars for most of the season, right? But they find a way to do it here. I think that's the same kind of gamble I'm willing to take on John Hunter Nemechek to finish inside the top 10. Like I said, at six to one, this is a really good hit. This is better than if if uh, Kyle Larson wins the race for you, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and like I was just looking to see if Xfinity odds were out, and they're not. But truck odds are out, which is odd. But uh, they're probably trying to figure out how low they go on John Hunter because he's going to be the favorite in that race. There's a good chance he wins this week. We'll see what that number's at. I'd I'd love to pounce back on him if we get the number good enough. We'll see what it's at. Uh, but he's going to be good in that race. He's going to have that that track time the day before. Uh, and then you give it to him on on uh, on Sunday there in this car that's capable of running well. We've seen it from Legacy later on in the season. Both those cars have run well. Jones has had a lot of good runs. Hosevar has run really well in that 42 car. So, again, I, I do think the top 10 odds, while, like you said, they're really, really gross at the very top, when you kind of get a little farther down in here, there, there's some really good value on top 10s. And take a couple of these longer shots, and you hit one or two of them, and, and you're going to have yourself a pretty good day on, on these top 10 bets. And this is a track that'll lend itself to some of that. So yeah, again, take some stabs and, and hopefully they're good and calculated. But yeah. All right. Yep. What do you got next? Next up for me, Rod, I'm going to attack the top Ford market. I am going to go. So <laughs> I was looking at Kevin Harvick here. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at, at his, his track record here at Homestead, Rod. Um, he has got 22, where'd it go? 22 starts at Homestead Miami Speedway, Rod. What is your guess on how many times he's finished inside the top 10? Top 10, 19 times. Oh, you looked it up, didn't you? I already knew 19, it. 19 out of 22. Are you kidding me? 19 out of 22 times he's been in the top 10. Uh, so give me Harvick. First of all, I'm going to take his top 10 number. It's, it's plus 110. This is like possibly the biggest bet I placed this entire season. Is Kevin Harvick top 10 this week, plus 110. 19 of 22 times i don't i don't know the the percentage on that but that's a fucking lot that's the percentage it's it's that's ridiculous 19 of 20 that's that's a crazy amount of times um uh, man it's just that that's insane and they're jdk plus if you got bet 365 it's plus 140 or wow. holy shit get on that before it moves because that is incredible but i'm also going to take kevin harvick to be the top finishing forward obviously going to be around the top 10 right that's that's almost a lock right 19 out of 22 times so gonna take him top forward plus 450 uh so obviously you're competing with busher here it's kind of cooled off a little bit it's another guy i did consider in the outright market along with kozlowski like we talked about so you think those guys are probably going to be around the top 10 but they're not necessarily locks uh but they're the favorites in this group for for obvious reasons ryan blaney i know he finished sixth last week wasn't that impressive was he cheating? Was he not? Nobody really knows at this point. Then Kevin Harvick's the next one on that list. But after that, it's Joey Logano at seven to one. Again, not been super impressive from Joey. I'm going to make a case against Joey here in a minute. Uh, and then after that, it drops to forty-five to one for Michael or for for Eric Amarola after that. So, uh, I mean, then you know it's it's pretty much long shot. So really, if you're taking this group of favorites, you got one, two, three, four, five Fords. Who Caesars is basically saying. One of these guys should be the top four. So you're basically you know, getting a big group here as long as you don't get a random upset from Chase Briscoe or some stupid shit like that. Uh, and so you're getting Kevin Harvick at plus 450 against these guys. Love Kevin Harvick, top forward. So I'm going to take him top forward plus 450, top 10 plus 110. And then this is the Michael McDowell angle that I landed on. 50 to 1 for the top finishing forward 
over on Caesars. Again, I just made the, the you know, I talked about the guys in front of them, and there's only two, four, what is it? Two, four, five, six guys that are listed in front of him on the odds. So seventh favorite, right? So it's, it's a definitely an underdog, but you're going to have 50 to one. Busher and Keselowski, maybe they're just off. They always run together. That puts them behind him, right? Blaney, it can be up and down. Harvick, maybe he still gets in the top 10, but but doesn't beat McDowell. Logano, he's such a wild card. Alvarola, do you trust the Seward Haas card? That's not Kevin Harvick. No. Then behind them, you know, it's it's Briscoe, Priest against Seward Haas cars, Burton, Gilland, and then you're into the, the Rick Ware cars, which, you know, at this point, not taking them likely. So, um, but McDowell, he finished 10th place here last season, 6th place in 2021. So the last two races, he's been in the top 10, 6th place just two seasons ago. That's not bad at all. Um, he was 15th here in 2020, which, again, not a bad finish at all there. Um, and Brad Keselowski is the only Ford over the last three races with a better average finish than uh, Michael McDowell here. You look at the comparable tracks here lately, 17th last week, not the greatest run ever, but that's not horrible either. It's a little bit better. Some of the other Fords have some problems. It's 50 to one. You're going to need some things to happen for it, but it's possible. He's 15th at Texas. He did run sixth at Bristol. Again, Bristol's not a comp track, but it's the same package. There's some similarities there as far as that. Um, so McDowell, I did like JDK said, I think he said eight to one. Was it? Yeah. Eight to one for the top 10. Um, but I, I I'm going to take him top forward 50 to one. Again, a little bit of a long shot, obviously, but uh, there's definitely a, a path for this to happen. We've seen the Ford struggle in general. So if they're kind of have a rougher day, one or two guys have some tire issues, pit issues, any number of things. McDowell's up there in the mix. I think he could snag that top Ford uh, spot. And then, yeah, you just highlighted the JDK 86% top 10 at Homestead. Thanks for doing the math. Appreciate it. That's fucking insane. <laughs> You know, and and honestly, the guy's got a race named after him. So if he does, if he comes out and and forgets how to drive, then that's definitely a, a knock on. I see what you did there. Yeah, you like that? Uh, it's a knock on who good. names the races. And so I'm just saying. Well, that's that's the other part of this I hadn't mentioned. I forgot to mention. So thanks for bringing it up. The race is literally named after the guy. So we'll be talking about him all day. Rodney Childers is given the command. I think with his family start your engines it's going to be all about kevin harvick he's running the budweiser number four scheme the same scheme he won the championship with back in the day like everything is lining up for this to be it's not phoenix yet i don't know that he gets his win this week but we'll talk about that in a minute but uh he's winning a phoenix for sure but it's gonna be good and again nascar already got their disqualification of him out of the way rod do you do you disqualify kevin harvick in the Kevin Harvick race when Rodney Childers is giving the command. I mean, come on, right? No. He's, get, he's getting that top 10, a plus 110, if nothing else. If nothing else. I, yeah, I definitely think that is going to happen as well. Uh, all right, speaking of something else I think is going to happen, I'm taking Kyle Larson and William Byron both to finish inside the top three. This number is at six to one as well. I, I woke up and chose just absolute <laughs> madness this Ooh, morning. I, yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I was in a chippy <laughs> little mood, and I think maybe these bets reflected. So go easy if you want. I mean, don't don't tell me if you want. That's fine. But I, I, there's a path for this to happen. And I'm telling you, there are 10 wins between these guys this season already, right? That is a lot of instances where both of these cars have been up top. You want to talk about top fives? Well, that's fine. Kyle Larson has 14 of them. Uh, in his starts this season and 33 starts. Uh, William Byron has 13 of those, right? So I know their average finishing positions are not anywhere near a top three, right? For for Byron, it's 11.3. For Larson, it's 14.7. But you're also getting the last two drivers to win this race in particular, right? Byron did it a couple seasons ago. Kyle Larson did it last season. Both of these guys have have done this in the past already. So what have they done on this track other than that? Well, for William Byron, this is why it's a stretch. He put it on the pole uh, last year, finished 12th. He did lead 32 laps in that. He's got a 12th place finish, a 9th place finish, uh, 39th, and a 24th. Uh, so not necessarily anything to write home about there. For Kyle Larson, I mean, uh, obviously one last season, 4th place the season before that. He actually finished 40th in 2019, back when you could still finish 40th in a race. Where everybody they allowed everybody in there, right? So yeah, we don't we don't see forty cars. 
Like 40 is still the number we allow, but Daytona 500, that's about the only time you see 40 cars. So. That's it. So, yeah. Uh, and then he does have a, a second-place finish in 2016, a third-place finish in 2017. So he's done it before, even in that 42 car. So obviously, Kyle there, Larson... There's a reason that he's plus 275 to win, or plus 250 now to win. It's moving on us. What's plus his 250 to win this race. Top like, 10 odds again? Because I, I, I just... Oh, his top 10 is minus 800. That's what it is. Minus 800 for a top... Yeah, so... Oh, and even just his... So like his top three is minus 200. So... Mm-hmm. You can't even bet on him to finish in the top three. I mean, so lumping a Byron in there, that's going to be one of the faster cars. And, and you know, he's fifth on the odds list at plus 750. So if you want a way to get in on Larson, this might be one of the better ways. Obviously, you need Byron to, to hold up his end of the deal, but the Larson odds are, are worse than the John Hunter odds of last week. And, and oof, it's rough. Yeah. Again, uh, like I said, that that's one of the biggest reasons why I went this direction too, is because like William uh, or Kyle Larson, it doesn't matter if they finish if uh, Byron wins and Larson comes in second or third, or if Larson wins and Byron comes in second or third, you're going to cash this bet. Doesn't matter which which way they finish, so long as both of them finish inside the top three. You don't have to guess. You don't have to to pick the outright on either one of this. It's just right there for you. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to do it, I think that's a good way to do it. All right, Rod, I did get in on a head-to-head matchup. I'm going to take Alex Bowman over Joey Logano. It's at even money over on Caesars, plus 100. Um, <laughs> Joey Logano, so he had a really good run of races here, top fives, winning races, just being really good. But the last three seasons, it has been brutal for Joey Logano. Over the last three races here, 33rd best average finish of all drivers that have raced over that time span. Um, His finishes have been 18th, 25th, and 27th. Homestead has not been kind to this 22 car, to this 22 team. Um, And then you look back at the last couple of idiots. 12th place of Vegas last week. Okay, it was an okay run, but not that great. 21st of Texas. He did finish 5th of Kansas, so again, one of the toughest guys in the garage to figure out when he's going to be good when he's not. But the recent track history here, now overall picture, he's been pretty good at this track. So that's kind of the warning on it, right? But lately it has not been good for Joey Logano at this track. For Alex Bowman, um, he was very fast last week. We talked about it, right? You had some bets on him, had a fast car. Unfortunately, just spun himself out, took himself out of the race, did not finish. Um, but He's been pretty decent here the last couple of races, two top 10 finishes. He's finished ninth, 18th, and ninth in the last three here. So the last three races, three for three against Joey Logano here. Um, he was 12th at Texas, 10th at Kansas, both good solid runs. I don't think he needs to get a top five here. I think he's top 10, maybe even top 15. Still going to be Joey Logano. You're getting the even money side of this. Logano is the favorite on this matchup. So give me Alex Bowman over Joey Logano, plus 100 over on Caesars. It's crazy because there's uh there's one out here that's got all of uh well three of the four uh, to, uh other Hendrick drivers to finish inside of the top ten uh, on Caesars they got Chase Elliott Byron and Bowman all to finish top ten at seven to one I almost looked at that one for a second because I thought that would be a good one to take but I feel like Elliott might be the weaker part of this unfortunately. Yeah, but he's been I know last week and he had to start in the back it was a backup car. It was, he had the penalty for on the restart. You put all those things in there. You kind of throw it out. He's been the most consistent of everyone lately. I, man, I did not see that one, but that's, uh, that's definitely interesting to consider. We we weren't necessarily giving it out, but, uh, I would definitely take a good hard look at that because these Hendrick cars are good. And we, we know that I think Bowman's probably the the one you have to pull the hardest there, but I think he's going to be somewhat decent this weekend. So I, I do like him. I may I may research that one a little bit more thorough. That my initial one was like because uh, I'd already given out a couple of six to ones. I was like, let me rain let me rein it in a little bit here. I don't want to go completely bonkers on <laughs> Rod, this. Rod didn't choose that much violence this morning. I chose I chose minimal. <laughs> I chose PG thirteen levels of violence. Not uh, I didn't bump it up another one. But uh, all right, so my next one I'm taking a head to head as well. Mine is Kevin Harvick over Ty Gibbs. It's over on Superbook at minus one twenty. I mean, you already talked about. Kevin Harvick and just the the fantasticness that is Kevin Harvick, especially on this track, 19 top 10s and in uh, 22 starts. Like, 
again, the, the race is named after him. They're probably going to have kids there that are born in the infield care center. They'll be named after him. Marriages, contracts will be done, and they'll so, all speaking be... Speaking of marriages, did you see the marriage last week? I did. How Very, impressive was that? Was that was pretty impressive. That yeah. was... Yeah, not a big Bush beer guy, but uh, that was that was pretty sweet that somebody got married during his pit stop, officiated by the Bush guy himself. That was, uh, yeah, shout out to them for putting that together because that was pretty sweet. I'm a little ticked they didn't call me. I'm an ordained minister. I, I would have done <laughs> I had gone out there for sure and married it. Anybody want to get married to the infield, let me know. Uh, y- all you got to do is pay my flight and hotel uh, and keep me That's in drinks. Awesome. That's all you got to do. <laughs> easy uh, day. Easy day, and, and uh, I will promise that i can make it through your vows uh if if you know even if i'm drunk i don't care i'll do it uh all right so like i said i i'm, I'm taking harvick over gibbs minus 120 it, it just the narrative itself is is really kind of what you're back in here but not just not just that and look ty gibbs he did start sixth place in his only time on this uh in the 23 car now we know the 54 is pretty much set up Probably better than that 23 would be. Uh, but he finished 22nd in this race. And for Ty Gibbs, though, on intermediates this season especially, not being kind. We we talk about the potential. We talk about how good he is and how good of a driver he is. He still doesn't have this all figured out yet. It's not, it's not as if he is the greatest yet. He's taking on one of the greatest in this head-to-head, but he's not quite there yet. 33rd at Las Vegas, 33rd at Texas, 14th at Kansas, 21st at Darlington, 14th at Nashville, 26th at Charlotte, 16th at Darlington, 34th at Kansas, 22nd at Las Vegas. Those are a lot of finishes that are well outside of the projected range of Kevin Harvick. And again, I know Ty Gibbs is a good driver. You know Ty Gibbs is a good driver, but sometimes it's not good enough to get it done, especially on a track against a guy that is literally driving on something paved in his honor. Yeah, oh, you know how much I love Gibbs. I'm sorry to Erica Harper, very, very good listener, huge Ty Gibbs fan. I don't want to talk bad about him, but uh, not talking bad about him. It's just good about Kevin Harvick. I will make a bold statement. I don't think the Kevin Harvick finish is better than Ty Gibbs in any race next season. Uh, so that's <laughs> that. I'm going out on a limb there on that one. But uh, yeah, this week... The intermediates, uh, it's been a struggle for Gibbs this year, unfortunately. So uh, this is just kind of a week. I think you got to lay off of him a little bit. Obviously, we know how good he is. We know how good he's going to be. But Kevin Harvick, again, 19 to 22 times. Like That is the sticking statistic here. It's insane how good and how consistent he's been here. you got to go with the Kevin Harvick side of this. So uh, this will be one of the few times, unfortunately, we're against Gibbs. But... Uh, it's more just, a, and, and Gibbs could have a good day. Gibbs could have a top 10 and still lose this head-to-head because Kevin Harvick is just really freaking 86% of the time. That comment's still sitting here. So it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to go Harvick side on this one. I agree. Uh, all right. Well, then, all that's left is to set up the winners of this forever, okay, forever, 400 at the uh, Homestead Miami Speedway in Homestead, Florida. Cody, who do we got crossing the checkered line in first place? Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes you just don't change things and they stay the same. We're going to do it again. Give me James Dennis Allen Hamlin plus 700 over on DraftKings. Uh, so so looking at the odds here, it, it's Kyle Larson's plus 250. Obviously, the books are big on Larson. He just won last week. He, he doesn't have anything. He can bounce that thing off the wall as much as he wants to and that could cause him to win this race by six laps because he is that fucking good here. And again, much like John Hunter last week, we talked about it on the Xfinity show. If you didn't catch that one, this could just be a Larson runaway. But just like with John Hunter last week, there's too many things that could go wrong to bet on a guy to win a plus 250. It's not F1. There's a lot of other things happening here. A lot of people can beat him outright. He could have an issue. He, he almost lost a tire last week. Could have had to go to a backup car like Elliott. Started in the back. You get a restart violation. He bounces off the wall one too many times or in the wrong way. Just too many things that can go wrong. So, uh, And then Truex is right behind him there, which, man, plus 525. Like, love Truex. He's won us a lot of money this season, but I ain't seen it from him lately. I, he's been good here in the past as well. I get it. Reddick, I considered it 6-1, to one, but Hamlin's my guy. I'm sticking to it. I don't know him a lot this season. He's made us a lot of money. 
going to go back to Denny Hamlin here. Uh, tenth place last week, fifth at Texas, second place at Kansas. He led 63 laps that day, was going to win that race until the last caution with a couple laps to go there. Led 177 laps at Darlington and other intermediates. Um, higher tire wear, right? The higher tire wear here that generally plays into Hamlin's favor. He's a veteran. He knows how to how to save this stuff. He knows how to take care of it. That helps him a lot. He he'll, he'll admit it. He can't rep, rip the top like Reddick can, like Larson can. But I think he could still put himself in position to win this. Won at Kansas in the spring. Led 142 laps at Bristol. Again, that intermediate package. Um, he has the best. This is a little bit of a, a worked stat, but the best average finish of all drivers of the last three races at this track where they've actually started all three races. The two guys in front of him are Kyle Larson, but he's only been in two of them. He was suspended for one of those races. And A.J. Allmendinger, who's only got the one start, which we talked about, he finished third last week, so or last year. But of everyone who started all three races, best average finish at 6.3. Uh, finished seventh place last year. Last year. Uh, but you go back to 2020, he led 137 laps and won the race. He's won here three times before. We know how good he's been on intermediates this season. I think he could get it done again. So give me Denny Hamlin, 7-1. to one. The guy that I've had circled since the checkered flag fell last week, I was very, very happy to see him in this range. Christopher Bell, absolutely love him this weekend. Uh, he, he's probably my favorite of the outrights on the board here. 15 to 1 if you take the Caesars boost. They've got him boosted up there. 12 to 1 some places. You find him like 14 to 1 a couple places, but Caesars has him boosted up to 15 to 1. So take that one if you can get it. Even at 12 to 1, I would still take it there. Love Christopher Bell this weekend. Talked about him earlier um, as far as getting a top five. Second place last week. One more lap. He might have had Larson at the end there. Um, you look at the guys who are, have been very good on this track in the past. It's Kyle Larson, dirt track driver. Knows how to rip the high side rights, the things they do in the sprint cars, the things they do in the dirt world. Tyler Reddick, where did he come from? The dirt world as well. Christopher Bell, he's this type of guy, right? Runs those midgets, runs the sprint cars, ripping up the top there. Um, and again, he's been really good lately. He that second place last week, fourth place at Texas, third at Bristol, even an eighth at Kansas. Expect him to qualify really well, maybe even gets himself on the pole. Um, he was 11th place last season. Uh, but then again, eighth place in the 95 car back in 2020 here in his first start. So I love Christopher Bell. I think momentum's on his side. I think he's proven he can win in these situations where it's okay. Here's a chance. Could go one of two ways, two ways after last week, right? They were so close. They almost had it. They didn't get it. And you just kind of overthink it and, and you fall off. Or this could be the week where we're not letting that happen again. This is our chance to win. This is our chance to get it. I think at 15 to one, you got to get some on Christopher Bell. And then, Rod, this is the Kevin Harvick 400, a.k.a. the forever presented by Mobile One 400. Kevin Harvick at 30 to 1, 19 to 22 times in the top 10, Rod. That's it. That's all I got. He's fucking good here. He can get it done. you got to get on Kevin Harvick this weekend. I know that you've retired from betting him. Uh, I know I've already got him circled to bet at Phoenix, but a 30 to 1 on a track where he's got 19 to 22 times, 86% of the time he's already finished in the top 10. He's come so close a few times this season. They're not disqualifying Kevin Harvick from the Kevin Harvick 400 race. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, Got to get on Kevin Harvick 30 to 1. And honestly, the, the truth of the matter is you could bet him to win outright on both of these. Because again, how, how fitting would it be for him to win this race, right? And then win the last race on a track where he's been that good. So I would not, again... I'm hey, not Books, uh, we know it. you're listening. Give us that option. <laughs> Kevin Harvick to win Ooh. at Homestead and Phoenix. I would bet. I would drive to Iowa tonight and place that bet if you put it out there. At, especially because if I were to handicap that, I would probably put that at about. I mean, it's going to be a pretty big to one, number, right? 70, yeah, I would take probably. 75 He's 30 to one. to one for this one. He's going to be less than that for, although a Willie, because his numbers are basically the same at Phoenix. He's one. He's got. 18 top 10s in mm -hmm. a row or 19 or 30. I don't, it's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, it's he's very good at both these tracks. At 30 to 1, I, I mean, I, there was some, there's a lot of longer shots I considered this week. Uh, Elliot's 20 to 1. You know, Kozlowski and Busher, I looked at both those guys. But Kevin Harvick, when he's so freaking good here, 30 to 1, you, I just, you can't pass up on it. No, sir, you cannot. Uh, speaking of somebody you cannot pass up on, 
at eight to one, especially. Uh, we talked a little bit about him earlier, and that's William Byron. He's eight to one on Superbook. I and I went shopping because I wanted to make sure. Because when I initially saw this, I think I saw it at seven hundred, seven to one, maybe. Maybe I think I even maybe saw it at six fifty, and I thought, nah, I don't like that. And then I went looking around other places, and Superbook had him at eight to one, and I was like, absolutely at eight to one. Again, he just won this race two seasons ago, right? He's got uh, six wins on the season right now. Uh, you just you know that he is going to be one of I'm I'm sorry he's got yeah six wins on the season you know he's going to be one of the faster cars on this track right he started on the pole here last season or like we said last season um just just a guy that is probably going to be in contention in this race and I mean look he finished seventh last week at Las Vegas um and and unfortunately didn't get a chance to to really I think compete for it at the end there he won at Texas. Um, after starting 18th, this is going to be a guy you need to watch. And obviously, if, if we think that Kyle Larson's going to be fast, I think William Byron's going to be fast. I think both of these guys are going to be in the top three. So even if it ends up being, in fact, I'd love it even more if uh, William Byron ends up winning and Kyle Larson finishes second or third because then you cash the eight to one there and then you turn around and you cash the six to one on both of them to finish inside the top three. That's that's steak, baby. That's steak. So um, there's nothing that tells me that William Byron can't win this race. I mean, you you even look at what he's done in the intermediate tracks this season so far, right? Sixth at Vegas. We talked well seventh because uh, they reinstated Blaney again. So um, you have to kind of you have to kind of weigh that out. Some places still haven't factored in the fact that Blaney's back in it again. Uh, but seventh at Tech at Las Vegas, he won Texas. Fifteenth at Kansas, bad day. Yeah, fourth at Darlington, sec or sixth at Nashville, second at Charlotte. He won Darlington. Third at Kansas, he won Vegas earlier in the spring. So, again, William Byron mile and a half equals good. I think you like that, Cody. You put this one in there, and here's what's funny. I looked at this one initially and thought, okay, I'll come back to that one maybe, right? And then I picked William Byron as an outright and closed the laptop. Uh, and just forgot to come back to this one. This one's a fantastic one. They're giving you a thank you, Cody, for that. Uh, Caesars is giving you a 10 to one boost on William Byron to win this race and for Max Verstappen to win the United States Grand Prix over there on Coda. I mean, if I think William Byron is going to win this race, like I, like I do the fact that you get Max Verstappen, who's what's his, what's his number at right now? What's his <laughs> minus 6,000 to win? Uh, that's probably on a good day. Let's just say that if uh, if Max Verstappen, it's only minus four hundred. Actually, it's very mm, low odds. This that's week. low that's, odds man, for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's just say if if Kevin Harvick's eighty six percent chance to finish in the top ten at uh, at Homestead, Max Verstappen has a ninety nine point eight percent chance to win this USGP this week. Jesus so, Christ. Yeah. It's uh, again. Check out the F one gambling podcast, which will be out later this week. Uh, we're, we're going to have some good picks, but it's going to be another match for Stappen week. Like it's just, and again, anything can go wrong. So take, take the eight to one as well, but getting that boost up to 10 to one, when you have an almost free square knock on wood, right? Uh, you, you kind of got to get in on that. If, if you're going to go with the Byron outright, I think. Yeah. And again, that that's perfect. Cause I, uh, like I said, I, I looked at it and I thought, okay, well I haven't picked an outright yet. So let me get back to that in a second. So I'm glad you added that in there. I, I like that 10 to one for Byron and Verstappen to win their uh, respective races. So, uh, all right, get out your pen and papers. It's time to go over the bets for this forever 400 from the Homestead Miami Speedway in Homestead, Florida. Cody started you out with A.J. Allmendinger as a top 10 car at plus 450 over on Caesars. Tossed in Austin Dillon as well to finish inside the top 10 at 5-1 to one on Caesars. I said Hamlin would win the pole on this race at plus 260 over on Caesars. That price went up as I was uh, picking it. Cody gave you Christopher Bell as a top five car at plus 170 on Caesars. I said, Brad K, I'm not through with you yet to finish inside the top 10 at minus 110 at on bet 365. Cody selected rather the drivers to finish uh, on the lead lap at over 20 and a half at minus 125. Got to figure out how to say that correctly uh i said john hunter it's very very wordy it's very (laughs) wordy so drivers on the lead lap at finish over 20 and a half at minus 125 uh i gave you john hunter nimacek as a top 10 car at six to one cody gave you kevin harvick as a top ford at plus 450 top 10 car at plus 110 
Throw in Michael McDowell at 50-1 to to be a top forward on Caesars. I said Kyle Larson and William Byron would both finish in the top three at 6-1 to on Caesars. Cody gave you Alex Bowman over Joey Logano at plus 100 on Caesars. I said Kevin Harvick and the forever four car would finish over Ty Gibbs at minus 120 over on Superbook. Uh, Cody gave you Dennis Hamlin. I keep wanting to say Dennis Allen. Dennis Hamlin at seven to one to win this race on DK. Christopher Bell at fifteen to one on Caesars with the boost, and then Kevin Harvick at thirty to one over on Superbook. I gave you William Byron at eight to one on Superbook, and then of course on Caesars they're giving you a ten to one boost for Byron to win the Foeva four hundred and for Max Verstappen to well, I think he's already won the race over there, so you might as well get on on this now because it's pretty much finished over there at Coda. Yeah, potentially. Shout out to Jason, What's uh, up, Jason Barron. Thank you. Appreciate you joining. Great show, Jens. He says uh, again. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit on that. Uh, hit that. Hit the bell so you know when we're gonna go live. Try and do more of these. Uh, these obviously we've been doing the recaps live a lot of the times. Try and get some more pick shows live here as well. So you can join us. You can give uh, give your thoughts, and then we appreciate it. Absolutely do so. Uh, all right. Well, then let's put a bow on this one. Get everybody out there so that they can fill out their cars before the lines shift, uh, before all the smart guys like you go down this uh, as well. So, Cody, as we do, as we always do, let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Yep. Follow me on X at Husker underscore Z. You can find all my work over there. Uh, check out the F1 Gambling Podcast. We'll be back with an episode of that this week. The race in Dakota, track we're obviously familiar with from the NASCAR side of things. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to record that show. And again, even though Max Verstappen always wins, of course we find good ways to bet on the race, like always. And then again, yeah, the YouTube, jump over there, hit the like, hit the, the bell, all the good tools and, and gadgets and, and fun stuff. Indeed. All right, I'm on X at RJ Gomez. Link in the bottom, everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it is Sportsbook Review, and of course, in between media, the back road, kicking off on Thursday with Seth and Elliot as they talk about this race from the Homestead Miami Speedway. Of course, review if you would like. I, I mean, obviously, we love to have you guys here live on the show, but rate, review, do all the things that you can do to help this show continue to grow. Season 2 has seen tremendous growth. We would love nothing more than to hit Season 3 on an even higher note, and that is all thanks to you, and it will be continue to be thanks to you. So uh, do all those fun things for us. We'll see you tomorrow with Truck or Xfinity. We'll figure it out, whatever they Probably give us. Probably Xfinity, for. but yeah, we'll see. We'll see, but we'll be live again. Click the bell, let you know when. Till then, let's go racing and let it ride.